1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Backers, together and loving
2: it. TNCs apply.
3: Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver.
2: Oh, hello and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench on a Saturday morning. Rob Beaver and Paul Hazelby with you. Paul... We've got finals footy back. It's great. Two down, two to go on the big West Coast Eagles
3: taking on the big Collingwood Football Club tonight. Can't wait for that one, I must admit. With all the inclusions for the West Coast Eagles, I think they will be too strong for Collingwood. And then next week it could be curtains for the West Coast Eagles. But gee, there's some pressure on Geelong, isn't Mm. there, after the performance on Thursday night. This is a team that's been around the mark for a long time. Premiership in 2011. Six prelim finals since then. And if they get bundled out this Year, you've got to ask the question: Where do they go to from this point? And is Chris got the
2: man to take them to the promised land again? I don't know. It, it, it's been an interesting. It's it's not really a rebuild. It's like a reloading, a constant mm. reloading like run for Geelong, and it's it's been successful in the sense that I can't remember the last time they weren't uh, in the finals conversation, or at the very least in the contention for the top four. So it has been successful in that way. But you've got to look at it and go: In that time, you've had teams that have bottomed out like Richmond, who were perennial finishers, ninth outside the finals, and they've come up and they're looking to win maybe their third premiership in four seasons. So a contrast in styles, whether or not it plays out. I mean, look, they have the second chance, so they'll be up again uh, this coming weekend. But I'm not sure what what it does for Chris Scott and his legacy at Geelong, considering he, he won that flag when he first came in with a lot of the hangers-on from that. Mm, he um, needs his own one. He, he does need his own one a little bit, doesn't he? And I think... Uh, They've moved on a lot of really quality veterans that maybe had another year or two in them, and I think that's helped them over the last eight years. But, uh, look, another year older for Selwood, another year older for Dangerfield. I don't know how they go going forward. The Dig. Dial before you dig. The essential first step. Don't dig yourself into a hole. Watch a free Dial before you dig inquiry, Hayes. I think... If well, I know you well, you're gonna say that there's a particular state in this country that may just have dug themselves into a hole during the week. No, I'm not. I've actually hey! gone full
3: circle on this. Now we're talking about the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. Now, this is the new name of their NBL franchise. And look, it was a bit strange, but it's a native ant for those mm. that don't know what it is. And the media publicity this has created all around the country, they've done the job. That's mm. what you need to do. That's what marketing is. And I actually don't mind the jack jumpers. You, Go there, jack jumpers! Yeah. You hated it when I it was know, first but-
2: brought up, and I loved it. Mm. I thought this brings something beautiful, something unique uh, to not only the sporting landscape, but particularly the basketball landscape here in Australia. I think it's something that people can get behind. And I was thinking about this this morning, and a lot of people, this thing, like when, when people, particularly from over east, like we in Perth, we, we bag WA. We, well, you know, trading hours of this, blah, 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 we're backwards. But when someone over east does it, we go, hang on. And we all lock arms and we all stand up and we fight. And I think the Jack Jumpers is doing something similar for Tasmania. People on the mainland are going, what a disgrace. Who th- came up with this? And I think. If, but they're in, talking about And I think in time, Tasmanians would go, hang on hang on, you you didn't even know what it was. Like, give us a break, and I think they're going to come out and going to unite people. So I think it's an excellent decision.
3: And it's a big watch now on the AFL that you've got this new franchise in Tasmania that don't have too many sports involved in the national landscape, and we wait to see what the AFL does. It's not going to happen within the next five years, Mm. but they get a chance now, Tasmania, to jump on the bandwagon of this team, and the footy and the AFL could miss out in time if they don't get their team.
2: Have they they been the AFL? And obviously, look, COVID completely throws spanner in your plans when it comes to finances and potential expansion going into the next five to seven years. But is this have they actually missed the boat completely? Like, it's particularly if the Jack Jumpers are successful and under new ownership with the NBL and Larry Kesterman. I I don't see franchises going under. I think he's bringing in people to run and own or co own or invest in these franchises that have. Not unlimited, but deep pockets. We're talking a lot of former NBA guys who have made hundreds of millions of dollars over the course of their careers. And, of course, they would have the contacts to have people with bigger pockets backing them up. If Has the AFL really missed the boat on this? Deep down, the AFL doesn't want expansion into
3: Tasmania. I think that's something that Tasmania wants and maybe some other vocal media commentators, but I just think that the money that they get given by the Tasmanian government to have Hawthorne and also North Melbourne go down and play in those markets, they don't want to go down there. They think they've got it covered, <laughs> and to be fair, it's not a, a real big market, but I like the expansion into the New South Wales and Queensland markets, and beef just on the weekend, on Thursday night actually, Sydney's ratings were up 260%, and Brisbane's 110% on last. Yeah, with the Thursday night finals. That is yeah. big growth.
2: It is working for me. It's big growth. I'm always a bit hesitant when they start throwing percentages out, Hayes, because if you've got 10 viewers and they've got 260, <laughs> you've, you've gone up to however many percent. So I think you it's need to take... 10 to 26, by yeah, the way. Yeah, but you, you, need, you need to take a little grain of salt. But I agree what you're saying. Look, we don't know the results of this until another you know, 10, 15, maybe even 20 years down the track. But I think the AFL's doing something right. As are Tasmania with the jack jumpers. Don't dig yourself into a whole lot of free dial Before you dig inquiry, plenty more coming your way next. Off the bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hayes will be with you now. Hayes, earlier in the week, you and our good friend Adam Papalia, we're lucky enough to catch up with Scott Baker from the WA Football Commission. He oversees uh, the waffle, and we thought, of course, with the grand final about to get underway, that'll be happening tomorrow at South Fremantle over there, probably isn't much of a better time that we could get him on to discuss all things the grand final, but also what the competition looks like heading into next year the
4: Waffle and Football Operations Manager at uh, the Footy Commission. He joins us on the line now. Scott, thank you very much for your time. There's obviously been a, a bit of talk around over the last couple of days. Just because the crowd is, is capped and it's going to be hard for people to get in, the fact that the game's not at a bigger venue like Optus Stadium. Can you talk us through the thought processes of, of how it came to be that the game is held at Frio? Yeah,
1: so obviously with, with Optus Stadium, that's obviously our preferred venue. It, it, it means you know everyone can get a ticket to, to, to head along, but you know, this year with um, obviously with COVID and the really difficult financial situation that we've been in, you know, it cost over 100 grand just open the doors at Optus Stadium, and and that was only for two games as well. There was only going to be two games there this year, which puts us in a really tough situation from a stakeholder perspective because you know we, we we love playing the three games on on one day, and we've got a contractual commitment with Channel Seven to play the Colts in the league as well on Grand Final day. So there's, there's that part from an Optus perspective, and then um, once that wasn't an option for us, we sort of we sort of went to market across our waffle clubs and. And really, the, the case coming back from, from, from Fremantle, the city of Fremantle, South Fremantle Football Club, and the, and the Fremantle Chamber of Commerce is a really compelling um, uh, presentation they put forward. And, you know, there's going to be all sorts of exciting activities down at Fremantle Oakland on the, or Fremantle Precinct on, on the weekend. There'll be parts of Parry Street which will be blocked off for, for activations. Um, Esplanade Park is going to become a, a live site with a big screen for any people that can't get a, a ticket to the game. Um, there'll be a fan march from the Fremantle train station around. 1:30 on Sunday as well for all the uh, there'll be like a police escort up the main cafe strip for all those punters to get into the into the ground and obviously a lot of in, in ground activities as well so we sort of went through a process of yeah uh, ruling out Optus Stadium unfortunately and then sort of went to the uh, respective waffle clubs and shires and, and, and Fremantle came out with the strongest um, uh, strongest proposition so we, we landed on that and we're uh, all guns blazing for this weekend Scott could this be the new
3: norm for the waffle grand final or are you expecting it to go back to Optus Stadium next year?
1: No, we're expecting to go back next year, Hayes. Um, we're really keen to go back because, you know, as good as this year will be, you know, we're probably going to have to, you know, there might be three or four or 5,000 people that sort of missed out on a ticket that might have traditionally gone to a Waffle Grand Final. So we, you know, really value our partnership and relationship with, um, with Venues Live and, and Optus Stadium. Obviously, they've had their own challenges this year with, with COVID and crowds and different bits and pieces, so we'll, we'll definitely reopen those um, conversations into next year, and, and hopefully heading back to uh, Optus Stadium next year. But um, if that can't happen, we'll, we'll have, a, have a good test case this year down at Freo with, with how it could work at a, at a waffle community
4: venue. I know some people have been a bit grumpy about it, but personally, I, I think it's going to be fantastic. I, uh, it's, it's going to be capped, obviously, but having eleven thousand people at Fremantle Oval is going to the atmosphere is going to be so much more electric than having eighteen thousand. Optus, where it's you know a lot more spaced out. So I think for for a year, it's it's going to be a great atmosphere on Sunday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really excited about it. Like to be talking about the Waffle, Waffle Grand Final and and tickets being at a premium and, and, and not not many tickets available for, for people. I think obviously disappointing for some, but it also is creating a great amount of excitement around the uh, Waffle Grand Final. You know, something we haven't probably seen for a number of years. So I think I think that's a really exciting difference this year uh, down at Fremantle Oval.
2: Stay tuned. More of Scott Baker coming up next. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Continuing the chat earlier in the week between Adam Papalia and Paul Hazelby with Scott Baker from the WA Footy Commission. Hayes, how much work has gone into next season? We know that the
3: salary cap is going to be reduced and all sports are going to have some troubled times ahead, but also the West Coast Eagles Reserves teams. Have you given that much thought?
1: Yeah, we've given it a bit of thought. Yeah, the the salary cap... um... Next year will definitely come down from a, from a waffle perspective. Obviously, um, we're not going to be able to afford to pay the waffle clubs the same grant they've got in the past. Um, so everyone's recutting their cloth sort of as we speak. Um, from, from a West Coast perspective, they're obviously still waiting from the AFL, which is difficult for them in terms of certainly around list sizes. So I think from a West Coast perspective, you know, if the list sizes only come back by a couple next year, I think they'll be really keen to to still have a team in, in, in the waffle next year to keep, it at 10, to keep it at 10 teams or go back to 10 teams. Um, but ultimately, it's going to come back to their soft cap as well, and, and what expenses actually need to be included in their soft cap. So, I think if they can align all those bits together, then um, you know they'll, they'll likely come back into the waffle next year. But there's still a bit to play out based on list sizes, and um, you know we're really confident that Freo will, without um, that partnership with Peel, will, will continue um, next year as well. So, still a bit to play out, but um, they will be working towards an 18-game season next year, sort of regardless of whether there's um, you know nine or 10 teams in the in the waffle. The AFL
3: draft hopefuls were put through their paces today. Uh, what's your expectations on how many might get picked up in this very strange season, where we did have a competition, the Victorians obviously didn't.
1: Yeah, good question. It's gonna be it's gonna it's a really difficult one to tell at this point in time because depending on what happens with those list sizes, like if they only come back by a couple, then you know we we might get upwards of you know eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 players taken potentially. Um, it's just gonna depend on how many uh, picks every club has, obviously, but. I think we in, you know, in WA and also South Australia do, do do have an advantage over Victoria this year, the fact that we've actually played a season. So I think that holds us in, in really good stead. And we've obviously had quite a few um, you know draft-age players playing senior football this year as well. And as you know, Hayes, that, that really helps, I think, in terms of showing um, AFL clubs if you can hold up in senior football, you're probably going to be uh, going to have a pretty successful AFL career. So, yeah, the boys are out at Wesley College today getting put through their paces and they've got a 2 K. Um, tomorrow out at Mount Claremont, which I'll go have a look at. So it'll be interesting to see see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, hopeful to we'll get get um, quite a few players taken, but it'll probably just going to depend, like I said, on what those list sizes end up from an AFL perspective.
4: Scott, been great to chat to you. All the best uh, with the rest of the week. I'm sure it's going to be extremely busy for you. Um, hopefully we can get a few more fans in the gates as well. Thanks for your time.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thanks, gents. Thanks for having me on.
4: Plenty more coming up here on Off The Bench. Hayes
2: will give his tips on the AFL finals and, of course, the big waffle grand final as well. Keep it locked. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hazelby with you on your Saturday morning now. We've got Joel Lancaster on the line. Uh, he's here to tell us about something absolutely magnificent, aren't you, Joel? Sure, and <laughs> How are you going, Rob? Uh, good, mate. So uh, Tell us a little bit about the Invigor Hybrid Canola, and in particular about the Invigor T4510.
0: Yeah, the Invigor T4510 from BASF is a hybrid TT Canola. Um, it's one of the benchmarks for TT canola varieties it's uh, been performing consistently across the state and um, doing well very well in the uh, NVTs
2: mates uh, with op varieties you, you don't have the upfront costs of seeds is the benefit really there for the growers when it comes to harvest
0: uh definitely um, yeah the invigor the um, hybrid varieties definitely do uh, tend to out yield the op varieties but um, but uh, BASF and Invigor range also have got you covered with that with a um, replace my seed option where if you have um, establishment problems within the first 45 days, uh, we will replace your seed so you get another crack at um, growing that variety again.
2: That's fantastic. And the news.
0: Other, yeah, the other thing that BASF will do is um, you don't have to pay for an to harvest. So, um, yeah, paid harvest is a really good option for, for growers when they buy the Invigor range.
2: That's good, mate. Well, we'll touch on that a little bit more in a second. Um, I want to talk about, there are some other varieties uh, in the pipeline as well. What are growers getting excited about when it comes to that?
0: Uh, yeah, for sure. There's definitely some um, uh, some good Roundup Ready varieties um, and the flex system uh, that they have in them. So that's, uh, that's definitely an advantage for the growers. But there's also a BASF Trait um, guard, which um, uh, makes a good um, harvestability for our varieties. And Joel, uh,
2: you mentioned, of course, the replace my seed protection and pay at harvest terms as well. Why does growers enjoy these added benefits?
0: Well, we're just uh, trying to share the risk with the growers. So you know there is up there is a cost of hybrid seed, but um, you know you can be you know, you can be reassured that if it doesn't um, establish within that forty five days, it um, will replace that seed for you to you know grow grow another variety or have a, have a, have a crack next year at um, growing uh, growing that canola again. Um, So, yeah, it's um, sharing the risk in a a little way.
2: That's fantastic news. Now, Joel, uh, of course, people to reserve your InVigor hybrid canola. You can talk to your local reseller. You can also visit myseed.basf.com.au, myseed.basf.com.au. Joel Lancaster from BASF. Appreciate your time.
0: No worries. Thanks, Rob. Joel
2: Lancaster from BASF. Hayes, before we go, quick tip on the games coming up this round, remaining finals, and of course the Waffle Grand Final tomorrow. Well done to St Kilda for getting there, but I think it'll be curtains
3: for them. The Western Bulldogs, they've been pretty strong and their best footy is very exciting and through that midfield, they'll dominate. And then tonight, it's the West Coast Eagles up against Collingwood. As I said off the top, I think the West Coast Eagles will be too strong. I reckon they might win by 30 points. It's been tough for Collingwood. They haven't got the chemistry right for the last part of the year, given all of the injuries to their team. And well done to both. Both teams competing tomorrow in the grand final. My Old Mob, South from our up against Claremont. They're going to get rolled
2: by My Old Mob, I think, Claremont.
3: I'm with you. I think mm. Claremont did some psychological damage in the last time,
2: in the last game they played. No Jake Florenko either for the Bulldogs. Hayes, thanks for your company on another edition of Off the Bench. We'll catch you next week.
1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game?